Chapter 1 The Dark Forest The Hill of Difficulty The Panther, The Lion, and The Wolf Virgil Midway upon the journey of our life, I found myself within a dark, within a forest, dark. For the straightforward pathway had been lost. Ah, me, how hard a thing it is to say. What was this forage, savage, rough, and stern, which in the very thought renews the fear. So bitter it, so bitter is it, death is little more, but of the good to treat, which there I found. Speak will I of the other things I saw there. I cannot well repeat how there I entered. So full was I of slumber, at the moment in which I had abandoned the true way. But after I had reached a mountain's foot, at that point where the valley terminated, which had with consternation pierced my heart, upward I looked and beheld its shoulders vested already with that planet's rays, which leadeth others right by every road. Then was the fear a little quieted that in my heart's lake had endeared throughout the night which I had passed so piteously. And even as he who with distressful breath forth issued from the sea upon the shore, turns to the water perilous and gazes. So did my soul, that still was fleeing onward, turn itself back to behold the pass, which ne'er yet a living person left. After my weary body I had rested, The way I resumed, I on the desert slope. So that the firm foot ever was the lower. And lo, almost where the ascent began, a panther, light and swift, exceedingly, which with a spotted skin was covered o'er, and never moved she, from before my face. Nay, rather did impede so much my way that many times I to return had turned. The time was the beginning of the morning and up the sun was mounting with those stars that with him were what time the love divine at first in motion set those beauteous things. So were to me occasion of good hope the 
variegated skin of that wild beast, the hour of time and the delicious season. But not so much. That did not give me fear. Hmm, a lion's aspect, which appeared to me. He seemed as if against me he were coming, with head uplifted and with ravenous hunger. So that it seemed the air was afraid of him. And a she-wolf, that with all hungerings seemed to be laden in her mean greenness. And many folk has cause to live forlorn. She brought upon me so much heaviness, and with the affright that from her aspect came, that I, the hope, relinquished of the height. And as he who is willing acquires, and the time comes that causes him to lose, who weeps in all his thoughts and is despondent. Even when, even such made me that beast withouten peace, which coming on against me by degrees, thrust me back whither where the sun is silent. While I was rushing downward to the low land, before my own eyes did one present himself, who seemed from long continued silence hoarse. When I beheld him in the desert vast, have pity on me. Unto him I cried, Whichever thou art, or shade, or real man, whichever thou art, he answered me, Not man. Man once I was, and both my parents were of Lombardy and Mantuans, by country, both of them. End of page five. Sub Giulio was I born, though it was late, and lived at Rome under the good Augustus during the time of false and lying gods. A poet I was, and sang that just son of Anchises, who came forth from Troy. Ah, after that, Elion, the superb, was burned. But thou, why goest thou back to such annoyance? Why climbest thou not the Mount Delectable, 
which is the source and cause of every joy. Now are thou that Virgilius and that fountain which spreads abroad so wide a river of speech? I made response to him with bashful forehead. Oh, of the other poets, honor and light avail me the long study and great love that have impelled me to explore thy volume. Thou art my master, and my author thou. Thou art alone the one from whom I took the beautiful style that has done honor to me. Behold the beast for which I have turned back. Do thou protect me from her, famous sage, for she doth make my veins pulse and tremble. Thee behooves to take another road, responded he, when he beheld me weeping. If from this savage place thou wouldest escape, because this beast of which thou criest out suffers not any one to pass her way. But so doth harass him <laughs> that she destroys him, and has a nature so malign and ruthless that never doth she glut her greedy will, and after food is hungrier than before. Many the animals with whom she weds, and more they shall be still until the ground hound, the greyhound comes, who shall make her perish in her pain. Greyhounds, he shall not feed on either earth or pelf, but upon wisdom and on love and virtue. Twix Feltro and Feltro shall his nation be. Of that low Italy shall he be the savior. And on whose account the maid Camilla died. Euryalus, Turnus, Nisus, and their wounds. Through every city shall he hunt her down. Until he shall have driven her back to hell. There, from whence envy first did let her loose. Therefore I think and judge it for thy best. Thou follow me, and I will be thy guide, and lead thee hence through the eternal place, where thou shalt hear the desperate lamentations, shalt see the ancient spirits disconsolate, who cry out, each one, for the second death. <laughs> and thou shalt see those who contented are within the fire, because they hope to come, whenever it may be, to the blessed people. To whom then, if thou wishest to ascend, a soul shall be for that then I more worthy. With her at my departure, I will leave thee, 
because the emperor who reigns above, in that I was rebellious to his law, wills that through me none come into his city. He governs everywhere, and there he reigns. There is his city and his lofty throne. Oh, happy he whom thereto he elects. I said to him, Poet, I thee entreat, by that same God whom thou didst never knew, so that I may escape this woe and worse, thou wouldst conduct me there, where thou hast said that I may see the portal of St. Peter, and those thou makest so disconsolate. Then he moved on, and I behind him followed. End of chapter one. Not yet. Music. 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 Chapter two. The descent. Dante's protest and Virgil's appeal. The intercession of the three ladies, Benedict. Day was the parting, and the embrowned air released the animals that are on earth from their fatigues, and I, the only one, made myself ready to sustain the war, both of the way and likewise of the foe, <laughs> which memory that heirs not shall retrace. Yeah, skip, skip, skip. Oh, muses. Oh, hi, genius. Now assist me. Oh, baby, there she goes. Bye-bye. Oh, memory. Okay. Day was the parting, and the embrowned air released the animals that are on earth from their fatigues. And I, the only one, made myself ready to sustain the war, both of the way and likewise of the woe, which memory that heir shall, which memory that heirs not shall retrace. Oh, muses, oh, high genius, now assist me. O oh, memory that didst write down what I saw, here, thy nobility shall be manifest. And I began. Poet, who guidest me, regard my manhood, if it be sufficient. Ere to the arduous path thou dost confide me. Thou sayest that Silvius the parent while yet cut out upon to the earth, immortal went and was there bodily. But if the adversary of all evil was courteous, thinking of the high effect that issue would from him, and who and what, to men of intellect, unmet, it seems not. 
for all. He was great of Rome. He was of great Rome and of her empire and the imperial heaven as father chosen. The which and what wishing to speak the truth were established as the holy place wherein sits the successor of the greatest Peter. Upon this journey, whence thou givest him vaunt, things did he hear, which the occasion were both of his victory and the papal mantle. Thither went afterwards the chosen vessel to bring forth comfort thence unto that faith which of salvation's way is the beginning. But I, whether come, or who concedes it? I not Aeneas am. I am not Paul, nor I, nor others think me worthy of it. Therefore, if I resign myself to come, I fear the coming may be ill-advised, thwart-wise, and knows better than I speak. And as he is, who unwills what he willed. And by new thoughts thus, his intention change. So that from his design he quite withdraws. Such I became upon that dark hillside, because in thinking I consumed the emprise, which was so very prompt in the beginning. To quote, if I have well thy language understood, unquote, reply that shade of the magnanimous, quote, thy soul attaineth is with cowardice, which many times a man encumbers so. It turns him back from honored enterprise, as false sight doth a beast when he is shy. That thou mayest free thee from this apprehension, then tell thee why I came. And what I have heard. Skip, skip, skip. At the first moment when I grieved for thee, among those was I who are in suspense, and a fair saintly lady called to me. In such wise I besought her to command me. Her eyes were shining brighter than the star. And she began to say, gentle and low, with voice angelical, in her own language, O spirit courteous of Mantua, of whom the fame still in the world endures, and shall endure long-lasting as the world. A friend of mine, and not the friend of fortune, upon the desert slope is so impeded, upon his way that he has turned through terror. And may, I fear, already be so lost, that I too late have risen to his secure. 
from that which I have heard of him in heaven. Bestir thee now, and with thy speech ornate, and with what needful is for his release. Assist him so, that I may be consoled. Beatrice am I, who do bid thee go. I come from there, where I would fain return. Love moved me, which compelled me to speak, when I shall be in the presence of my Lord. Full often will I praise thee unto him. Then she paused, and thereafter I began. O lady of virtue, thou alone through whom the human race exceedeth all contained, within the heaven that has the lesser circles. So grateful unto me is thy commandment to obey. If were all the ready done were late, no further needest thou ope to me thy wish. For the cause, tell me why dost thou dost not shun the here descending down into the center from the vast place thou burnest to return to. She answered me, Since thou wouldest fain to inwardly discern, briefly will I relate. Why I am not afraid to enter here? Of those things only should one be afraid, which have the power of doing others harm. Of the rest, no, because they are not fearful. God in his mercy such created me. That misery of yours attains me not, nor any flame assails me of this burning. A gentle lady is in heaven who grieves at this impediment in which I send thee, so that stern judgment there above is broken. In her entreaty she besought Lucia and said, Thy faithful one now stands in need of thee, and unto thee I recommend him. Lucia, foe of all that is, that cruel is, hastened away and came unto the place where I was sitting with the ancient Rachel. She said, Beatrice, the true praise of God, why succourest thou not him who loveth thee so? For thee he issued from the vulgar herd. Dost thou not hear the pity of his plaint? Dost thou not see the death that combats him beside that flood where ocean has no vaunt. Never were persons in the world so swift to work their veal, their wheel, 
and to escape their woe. As I, after such words as these were uttered, came hither downward from my blessed seat, confiding in thy dignified discourse, which honors thee and those who would have listened to thee. After she thus had spoken to me, weeping, her shining eyes, she turned away, whereby she made me swiffer in my coming. And unto thee I came as she desired. I have delivered thee from that wild beast, which barred the beautiful mountain's short ascent. What is it then? Why? Why dost thou delay? Why is such baseness bedded in thy heart? Daring and hardihood, why hast thou not, seeing that three such ladies, Benedite, are caring for thee in the court of heaven? And so much good my speech doth promise thee, Even as flowerets by nocturnal chill bow down and closed when the sun whitens them, uplift themselves all open on their stems. So I came. I became with my exhausted strength and such good courage to my heart there coursed that I began with an intrepid person. To quote, O she compassionate, who succoured me, and courteous thou, who hast obeyed so soon the words of truth which she addressed to thee. Thou hast my heart so with desire disposed to the adventure with these words of thine, that to my first intent I have returned, and now go, for one console, for one soul, will is in us both. Thou leader, and thou lord, and master, thou. Unquote. Thus said I to him, and when he had moved, I entered on the deep and savage way. End of chapter 2 Chapter 3. The Gate of Hell. The Insufficient or Indifferent Person. Pope Celestine V. The Shores of Echeron, Sharon, the Earthquake, and the Swoon. Through me the way is to the city Dolent. Through me is the way. Through me the way is to eternal dole. <laughs> Through me the way among the people lost. 
injustice incited my sublime creator, created me divine omnipotence, the highest wisdom and the primal love. Before me, there were no created things, only eterne, and I, eternal last. Welcome, Tranquil Journeys. All hope abandoned, ye enter. Ye who enter in, uh, these words in sober color I beheld, written upon the summit of a gate. Whence I, their sense is, master hard to me, quote unquote. And he to me, as one experienced, such quoted. Here all suspicion needs must be abandoned. All cowardice must needs be here extinct. We to a place have come where I have told thee thou shalt behold the people, Dolores, who have forgone the good of intellect. End quote. And after he had laid his hands on mine and with joyful mien, whence I was comforted, he led me in among the secret things. There, sighs, complaints, ululations loud resounded through the air without a star. Whence I, at the beginning, wept thereat. Languages diverse, horrible dialects, accents of anger, words of agony and voices high and hoarse with sounds of hands made up of a tumult that goes whirling on. Eh, forever in that air, forever black, even as the sand doth when the whirlwind breathes. And I, who had my head with horror bound, said, Master, what is this which now I hear? What folk is this which seems by pain so vanquished? He said to me, This mystery mood maintained the melancholy souls of those who lived without infamy or praise. Commingled are they with that caltif choir of angels who have not rebellious been, nor faithful were to God, but were to self, were for self. The heavens expel them, not to be less fair, nor they the nether and more abyss receives. For glory none the damned would have from them. And I said, O Master, what so grievous is to these that maketh them lament so sore? He answered, I will tell thee very briefly. These have no longer any hope of death. Hmm. And these blind life of theirs is so debased. The envious are of every other fate. No fame of them the world permits to be, 
misericorde and injustice both disdain them. Let us not speak of them, but look and pass. And I, who looked again, beheld a banner, which, whirling around, ran so rapidly that of all pause it seemed to me indignant. And after it there came so long a train of people that I never would have believed that ever death so many had undone. When some among them I had recognized, I looked and beheld. I beheld the shade of him who made through cowardice the great refusal, wherewith I comprehended and was certain that this the sect was of the Kaitif wretches, wretches hateful to God and to his enemies. This miscredence, who never were alive, were naked and were stung exceedingly by gadflies and by hornets that were there. These that their faces irrigate with blood which with their tears commingled at their feet by the disgusting worms was gathered up. And when grazing further I betook me, and when to gazing further I betook me, people I saw on a great river's bank. Skip, skip, skip. Skip. Once I said, Master, now vouchsafe to me that I may know who these are and what law makes them appear so ready to pass over. As I discern, athwart the dusty light, he said to me, these things shall all be known to thee as soon as we are footsteps away upon the dismal shore of Acheron. Then mine eyes ashamed and downward cast, fearing my words would irksome be to him, from speech refrained I till we reached the river. And lo, towards us, coming in a boat, an old man, Howry with the hair of Eld, crying, Woe unto you, ye souls depraved! Hope nevermore to look upon her heavens. I come to lead you to the other shore, to the eternal shades, and heat and frost. And thou, that yonder standeth living soul, withdraw thee from these people who are dead. But when he saw that I did not withdraw, he said, by other ways, by other ports, thou to the shore shalt come, not here, for passage. A lighter vessel needs must carry thee. And to him the guide, he said, Vex thee not, Charon. It is so willed, there where is power to do, that which is willed. And further question not.
Thereat were quieted the fleecy cheeks of him, the ferryman of the livid fen, who round about his eyes had wheels of flame. Ah!、Oh, but all these souls, who weary were and naked, their colour changed and gashed their teeth all together, as soon as they had heard those cruel words. God, they blasphemed, and their progenitors, the human race, the place, the time, the seed of their engendering and of their birth. Thereafter, altogether, they drew back, bitterly weeping, to the accursed shore, which waiteth every man who fears not God. Sharon, the demon. With the eyes of Glide, beckoning to them, collects them all together, beats with his oar whoever lags behind. As in the autumn time, the leaves fall off. First one, and then the other, till the branch, until the earth surrenders all its spoils. In similar wise, the evil seed of Adam throw themselves from that margin one by one, at signals as a bird unto its lure, as they depart across the dusky wave, and ere unto, upon, the other side they land again on this side, a new troop assembles. The courteous master said to me, "My son." All those who perish in the wrath of God, here meet together out of every land, and ready are they to pass o'er the river because celestial justice spears them on, so that their fear is turned into desire. This way there never passes a good soul. And hence, if Sharon doth complain of thee, well mayest thou know now what his speech imports. This being finished, all the dusk campaign trembled so violently. That of that terror, the recollection baths me still with sweat, and the lands of tears gave forth a blast of wind and fulminated a vermilion's light, which overmastered in me every sense, and as a man whom sleep hath ceased to fell. Yeah, I'm not sleepy yet. End of chapter three. But he beats crying. We'll be back. Bye bye. Broke the deep lethargy within my head, a heavy thunder, so that I upstarted like a person who by force is wakened. And round about I moved my rested eyes, uprisen, erect, and steadfastly I gazed to recognize the place where when I was. True is it that upon the verge I found me of the abysmal valley, Dolores, that gathers thunder of infinite ululations. Obscure, profound it was, and nebulous, so that by fixing on its depths, my sight 
nothing whatever I discerned therein. Let us descend now into the blind world, began the poet, pallid utterly. I will be first, and thou shalt second be. And I, who of his color was aware, said, How shall I come, if thou art afraid? Who art wont to be a comfort to my fears? And he to me, the anguish of the people who are below here in my face depicts that pity which are for terror thou hast taken. Let us go on, for the way which impels us. Thus he went in, and thus he made me enter the foremost circle that surrounds the abyss. There, as it seemed to me, from listening, were lamentations none, but only sighs that tremble made the everlasting air. And this arose from sorrow without torment, which the crowds had, that many were and great of infants, of women and of men. To me, the master good said, Thou dost not ask what spirits these which thou behodest are. Now will I have thee know, ere thou go forward, that they sinned not. And if they merit had, tis not enough, because they had not baptism, which is the portal of the faith thou holdest. And if they were before Christianity, in the right manner, they adored not God. And mut and among such as these am I myself. For such defects, and not for other guilt, lost are we, and are only so far punished, that without hope we live on in desire. Great grief seized on my heart when this I heard, because some people of much worthiness I knew, who in that limbo were suspended. Tell me, my master, tell me, thou my lord, I began, with desire of being certain of that faith which overcometh every error. Come, any one? Came any one by his own merit hence, or by another's, who was blessed thereafter? And he who understood my convert speech replied, I was a novice in this state when I saw hither come a mighty one with sign of victory in coronate. In coronate. Hence he drew forth the shade of the first parent and that of his son Abel and of Noah, of Moses the lawgiver and the obedient Abraham, patriarch and David, king. Israel with his father and his children and Rachel for whose sake he did so much and others 
he had made them blessed. And thou must know that earlier than these never were any human spirits saved. <gasps> hmm. We ceased not to advance because he spake, but still were passing onward through the forest. The forest, say I, of thick, crowded ghosts. Not very far, as yet our way had gone, this side the summit when I saw a fire that overcame a hemisphere of darkness. They were a little distant from it still, but not so far that I in part discerned not the honorable people held that place. O thou who honorest every art and science, who may these be which such great honor have that from the fashion of the rest it parts them? And he to me said, The honorable name that sounds of them above there in thy life wins grace in heaven that so advances them. Repeat, the honorable name that sounds of them above there in thy life wins grace in heaven that so advances them. In the meantime, a voice was heard by me. All honor be to the preeminent poet. His shade returns again that was departed. After the voice had ceased and quiet was. Four mighty shades I saw approaching us. Semblance had they, nor sorrowful, nor glad. To say to me began my gracious master. Him with that falchion in his hand, behold, who comes before the three, even as their lord. That one is Homer, poet sovereign. He who comes next is Horace, the satirist. The third is Ovid, and the last is Lucan. Because each of these with me applies the name that solitary voice proclaimed, they do me honor, and in that do well. Thus I beheld the assemblage, I beheld assemblage, the fair school of that lord, of the song preeminent, who o'er the others like an eagle soars. When they together had discoursed somewhat, they turned to me with signs of salutation, and on beholding this my master smiled. And more of honor still, much more, they did me, in that they made me one of their own band, so that the sixth was I, mid so much wit, Thus we went on as far as to the light, things saying, "'Tis becoming to keep silent." As was the saying of them where I was. We came unto a noble castle's foot. 
seven times encompassed with lofty walls, defended round by a fair rivulet. This we passed over even as firm ground. Through portals, seven I entered with these sages. We came into a meadow of fresh verdure. People were there with solemn eyes and slow, of great authority in their countenance. They spake but seldom and with gentle voices. Thus, we withdrew ourselves upon one side into an opening luminous and lofty so that they all, so that they, all of them, were visible were visible there opposite upon the green enamel were pointed out to me the mighty spirits spirits little s whom i have seen i feel myself exalted i saw electra with companions many amongst whom i knew both hector and aeneas caesar in armor with Gerfalcon eyes. I saw Camilla and Penthesilia. On the other side, I saw King Latinus, who with Lavinia, his daughter, sat. I saw that Brutus who drove Tarquin forth. Lucretia, Julia, Marcia, and Cornelia. And saw alone a part the Saladin. When I had lifted up my brows a little, the master I beheld of those who knew sit with his philosophical family. All gaze upon him and all do him honor. There I beheld Socrates and Plato, who near him before the others stand Demetritus, no, Democritus, who puts the world on chance, Diogenes, Anasagoras, and Thales, Zeno, Empedocles, and Heraclitus. Of qualities I saw the good collector, High Dioscorides, and Orpheus saw I, Tully and Livy, the moral Seneca, include geometrician and Ptolemy, Galen, Hippocrates, and Avicenna, Everoes, who the great comment made. I cannot all of them portray in full because so drives me onward the long theme that many times the word comes short of fact. The sixfold company in two divides. Another way my sapient guide conducts me forth from the quiet to the air that trembles and to a place I come where nothing shines. Hmm.
Chapter Five. Thus, I descended out of the first circle, down to the second. That less space begirds, and so much greater dole that goads to wailing. There standeth Minos horribly and snarls, examines the transgressions at the entrance, judges and sends according as he girds him. I say that when the spirit evil born cometh before him, holy it confesses, and this discriminator of transgressions seeth what place in hell is meet for it, girds himself with his tail as many times as grades. He wishes it should be thrust down. Always before him, many of them stand. They go by turns, each one unto the judgment. They speak and hear, and then downward hurdled, and then are downward hurdled. O thou," said Minos to me, "that to this Dolores." Hostelry comest," he said to me when he saw me leaving the practice of so great an office. Look how thou enterest, and in whom thou trustest. Let not the portal's amplitude deceive thee. And unto him, my guy saideth, "Why criest thou too, huh? Do not impede his journey." Faith ordained, it is so willed. There, where is power to go, and that which is willed, and ask no further question. And now begin the dulcet notes to grow audible upon me, audible unto me. Now am I come. There. Where much lamentation strikes upon me, I came into a place mute of all light, which bellows as the sea does in the tempest. If by opposing winds it is combated, the infernal hurricane that never rests. Hurdles the spirits onward, and it's rapine, whirling them around and smiting. It molests them when they arrive before the precipice. There are the shrieks, the plaints, and the laments. There they blaspheme the puissance divine. I understood that upon such a torment the carnal malefactors were condemned, who reason subjugate to appetite, and as the wings of starlings bear them on, in the cold season in large band and full, so doth the blast, so doth that blast the spirits maledict. It hither, thither, downward, upward drives them. No hope doth comfort them for evermore, not of repose, but even of lesser pain. 
And as the cranes go chanting forth their lays, making in air a long line of themselves, so saw I coming, uttering lamentations. Shadows borne onward by the aforesaid stress, whereupon I said, Master, who are these people? Who are those people who, whom the black air so castigates? The first of those of whom intelligence thou fain wouldest have. Then said he unto me, The Empress was of many tongues. To sensual vices she was so abandoned that lustful she made licit in her law to remove the blame to which she had been led. She is Semiramis, of whom we read that she succeeded Ninus, and was his spouse. She held the land now, which now the Sultan rules. She held the land which now the Sultan rules. The next is she who killed herself for love and broke faith with the ashes of Sichkakius. Then Cleopatra, the voluptuous. Helen, I saw, for whom so many ruthless seasons revolved, and saw the great Achilles, who at the last hour combated with love. Ah, Paris, I saw, Tristan, and more than a thousand shades, did he name and point out with his finger whom love had separated from our life. After that, I had listened to my teacher naming the dames of eld and cavaliers. Pity prevailed and I was nigh bewildered. And I began, uh, O poet, willingly speak would I to those two who go together and seem upon the wind to be so light. And he said, and he to me, Thou'lt mark when they shall be nearer to us, and then do thou implore them by love which leadeth them, and they will come. Soon as the wind in our direction sways them, my voice uplifted, I said, Oh, ye weary souls, come speak to us, if no one interdicts it. As turtle doves, called onward by desire, with open and steady wings to the sweet nest, fly through the air by their volition born, so came they from the band where Dido is. Approaching us athwart the air malign, so strong as the affectionate appeal. So strong was the affectionate appeal. O oh, living creature, gracious and malignant, who visiting goest through the purple air, us 
who have stained the world in Carnadine. If were the king of the universe our friend, we would pray unto him to give thee peace, since thou hast pity on our woe, perverse. Of what it pleases thee to hear and speak, that will we hear. And we will speak to you while silence is in the wind. While silence is the wind, as it is now. Sitteth the city wherein I was born, upon the seashore where the Po descends, to rest in peace with all his retinue. Love on that gentle heart doth swiftly seize, seize this man for the person beautiful that was to end from me, and still the mood offends me. Love that exempts no one, beloved, from loving. Seized me with pleasure of this man so strongly that as thou seest, it doth not yet desert me. Love has conducted us unto one death. Caneth weigheth, waiteth him who quenched our life. These words were borne along from them to us. As long as I had, as soon as I heard, heard those souls tormented, I bowed my face and so long held it down until the poet said it to me, What thinkest? Alas! When I made my answer, I began, Alas! How many pleasant thoughts! How much desire conducted these unto the Dolores Pass. Then unto them I turned me, and I spake, and I began, Thine agonies, Francesca, sad and compassionate to weeping make me. But tell me, at the time of those sweet sighs, by what and in what manner love conceded, that you should know your dubious desires. And she said to me, There is no greater sorrow than to be mindful of the happy time in misery and that thy teacher knows. But if to recognize the earliest root of love in us thou hast so great desire, I will do even as he who weeps and speaks. One day, we reading were for our delight of Chancellot, of Lancelot, how love did he enthrall. Alone we were, and without any fear. Full many a time our eyes together drew that reading and drove the color from our faces. But one point only was it that overcame us. When, as we read of the much longed for smile, being by such a noble lover kissed, this one, who never from me shall be divided, 
kissed me upon the mouth, all palpitating. Galeotto was the book, and he wrote it, and he who wrote it. That day no farther did we read therein. And all the while one spirit uttered this, the other one did weep so, that for pity I swooned away as if I had been dying, and fell even as a dead body falls. End of chapter 5. Canto Cinco. We'll be right back. Chapter 6. Canto Seis. At the return of consciousness that closed before the pity of those two relations, which utterly with sadness had confused me. New torrents I behold, and new tormented around me, Whichever so way I move, and whichever so way I turn and gaze, in the third circle am I of the rain. Eternal, maledict, and cold, and heavy. Its law and quality are never new. Huge hail and water sobrehumed, and snow athwart the tenebrous air pour down amain. Noisome the earth is that receiveth it. Soberus, monster, cruel and uncouth, with his three gullets like a dog is barking over the people that are there submerged. Red eyes he has, an unctuous beard and black, and belly large and armed with claws, his hands. He rends the spirits, flays and quarters them. How the wind maketh them like unto dogs. One side they make a shelter for the other, off turn themselves, the wretched reprobates. When Cerberus perceived us, the great worm, his mouth opened and displayed his tusks. Not a limb had he that was motionless. And my conductor, with his spans extended, took of the earth and with his fists well filled, he threw it into those rapacious gullets. Such as that dog is, who by barking craves, and quiet grows soon as his food he gnaws, for to devour it he but thinks and struggles. The like became those muzzles filth begrimmed of Saberus the demon. 
whoso thunders over the souls that they would fain be deaf. He passed, we passed across the shadows, which subdues the heavy rainstorm. And we placed our feet upon their vanity. That person seems. They all were lying prone upon the earth, excepting one who sat upright as soon as he beheld us passing on before him. Oh, thou art, thou that art conducted through this hell, he said to me. Recall me, if thou canst. Thyself wast made before I was unmade. And I said to him, the anguish which thou hast perhaps doth draw thee out of my resemblance, so that it seems not I have ever seen thee. But tell me who thou art that in so doleful a place art put and in such punishment. If some are greater, none is so displeasing. And he to me, thy city, which is full of envy, so that now the sacks runs over, held me within it in the life serene. You citizens were wont to call me Kyoko. For the pernicious sin of gluttony, I, as thou seest, am battered by this rain. And I, sad soul, am not the only one, for all these suffer the like penalty for the like sin. And word no more spake he. I answered him, Kyako, thy wretchedness weighs on me so that it to weep invites me. But tell me, if thou knowest, to what shall come the citizens of the divided city, if any there be just in the occasion? Tell me why so much discord has assailed it. And he to me, they, after long contemplation, will come to bloodshed, and the rustic party will drive the other out with much offense. Uh, then afterwards behooves it this one fall within three sons and rise again the other by force of him who now is on the coast. High will it hold its forehead a long while keeping the other under heavy burdens. However, it weeps thereat and is indignant. The just are two, T-W-O, and are not understood there. Envy and arrogance and avarice are the three sparks that have all hearts enkindled. Here ended he his tearful utterance, and I told him, I wish thee still to teach me and to make a gift to me 
of further speech. Farinata and Tegiahayo, once so worthy, Jacopo, Rastikikia, Arico, and Masca, and others who on good deeds set their thoughts, say where they are, and cause that I may know them. For great desire constraineth me to learn if heaven doth sweeten them or hell and venom. And he said, They are among the blacker souls. A different sin downweighs them to the bottom. If thou so far descendest, thou canst see them. But when thou art again in the sweet world, I pray thee to the mind of others bring me. No more I tell thee, and no more I answer. Then his straightforward eyes, he turned askance, eyed me a little, and then bowed his head. He fell therewith prone like the other blind. The guide said to me, He wakes no more. This side the sound of the angelic trumpet. When shall approach the hostile potentate? Each shall find again his dismal tomb, shall reassume his flesh and his own figure, shall hear what through eternity re-echoes. So we passed onward over the filthy mixture of shadows and of rain with footsteps slow, touching a little on the future life. Wherefore I said, Master, these torments here, will they increase after the mighty sentence or lesser be, or will they be as burning? He said to me, Return unto thy science, which wills that as the thing more perfect is, the more it feels of pleasure and of pain. Albeit that this people maledict to true perfection never can attain. Afterward, hereafter more than now they look to be. Round in a circle by that road they went, speaking much more, which I do not repeat. We came unto the point where the descent is. There we found Plutus, the great enemy. Plutus, the god of riches. Footnote 87. End of chapter 6. Chapter 7. Canto 7. Siete. Okay. Pape Satana. Pape Satana le pe. Thus Plutus, with his clucking voice, began, and that benignant sage, who all things knew, said to encourage me, let not thy fear harm thee. 
for any power that he may have shall not prevent thy going down this crag. <laughs> Then he turned round unto that bloated lip and said, Be silent, thou accursed wolf. Consume within thyself with thine own rage. Not causeless is this journey to the abyss. Thus is it willed on high where Michael wrought vengeance upon the proud adultery. Even as the sails inflated by the wind involved together fall when snaps the mask. Masked, so fell the cruel monster to the earth. Thus we descended into the fourth chasm, gaining still further on the dolesome shore which all the woe of the universe insects. Justice of God, ah, oh, who heaps up so many new toils and sufferings as I beheld. And why doth our transgressions waste us so, as doth the billow thereupon Cherubis? So that breaks itself on that which it encounters. So here the folk must dance their round delay. Here saw I people more than elsewhere, many on one side and the other with great howls, rolling weights forward by main force of chest. They clashed together, and then at that point, each one turned backward, rolling retrograde, crying, Why keepest? And why squanderest thou? Thus they return along the lurid circle on either hand upon the opposite point, shouting their shameful metre evermore. Their meter. Oh, there's a picture. Rowing, rolling the weights forward by main force of chest. Yeah, you're okay. Then each, when he arrived there, wheeled about through his half circle to another joust. And I, who had my heart pierced, as it were, exclaimed, My master, now declare to me what people these are. And if all were clerks, these shaven crowns upon the left of us. And he said to me, all of them were asquint. In intellect in the first life, so much that there with measure they know spending made. Clearly, enough their voices bark it forth. Clearly enough their voices bark it forth whenever they reach the two points of the circle where sunders them the opposite defect. Clerks those were who no hairy covering have on the head 
and popes and cardinals, in whom doth avarice practice its excess. And I said, my master, among such as these, I ought forsooth to recognize some few who were infected with these maladies. Maladies, he said to me. Vain thought thou entertainest. The undiscerning life which made them sordid now makes them unto all discernment dim. Forever shall they come to these two buttings. These from the sepulchre shall rise again with the fist closed, and these with Teresa's shorn. Ill giving and ill keeping the fair world have taken from them and place them in the scuffle, whatever it be. No words adorn I for it. Now, canst thou, son, behold the transient farce of goods that are committed unto fortune, with a big F, for which the human race each other buffet. For all the gold that is beneath the moon, or ever has been of these weary souls could ever make a single one repose. Master, I said to him, now can you tell me also what is the fortune which thou speak of that has the world's goods so within its clutches? He said to me, oh, creatures, Imbecile, what ignorance is this which doth beset you? Now will I have thee learn my judgment of her. He whose omniscience everything transcends, the heavens created and gave who should guide them that every part to every part may shine, Distributing the, he who distributing the light in equal measure, he in like manner to the mundane splendors ordained a general ministress and guide that she might change at times the empty treasures from race to race, from one blood to another, beyond resistance of all human wisdom. Therefore, one people triumphs and another languishes. In pursuance of her judgment, which hidden is, as in the grass, a serpent. Your knowledge has no counter stand against her. She makes provisions, judges, and pursues her governance as theirs the other gods. Her permutations have not any truce. Necessity makes her precipitate. 
so often cometh, who his turn obtains. And this is she who is so crucified, even by those who ought to give her praise, giving her blame amiss and bad repute. But she is blissful, and she hears it not. Among the other primal creatures gladsome, she turns her sphere, and blissful she rejoices. Let us descend now unto greater woe. Already sinks each star that was ascending. When I set out, and loitering is forbidden, We crossed the circle to the other bank, near to a fount that boils and pours itself along a gully that runs out of it. The water was more sober far than purse. And we, in company with the dusky waves, made entrance downward by a path uncouth. A marsh it makes, which has the name Sticks with a Y. And a big S. S-T-Y-X. This trisful brooklet, when it has descended down to the foot of the malign gray shores. And I, who stood intent upon beholding, saw people mud besmirched. No, mud be sprint in that lagoon, all of them naked and with angry look. They smote each other, not alone with hands, but with the head and with the breast and feet, tearing each other piecemeal with their teeth. Said the good master, son, thou now behoest the souls of those whom anger overcame. And likewise, I would have thee know for certain, beneath the water, people are who sigh and make this water bubble at the surface, as the eye tells thee, wheresoever it turns, fixed in the mire, they say. We sullen were in the sweet air, which by the sun was gladdened, bearing within ourselves the sluggish reek. Now we are sullen in the sable mire. This hymn do they keep gurgling in their throats, for with the unbroken words they cannot say. Thus, we went circling round the filthy fen, a great ark, Twixt the dry bank and the swamp, with eyes turned unto those who gorge the mire. And to the foot of a tower we came at last. End of Canto 7. Siet. Canto 8, Chapter 8. I say, continuing, that long before we to the foot of that high tower had come. Our eyes went upward to the summit of it. 
by reason of two flamelets, we saw place there, and from afar, another answer them. So far, that hardly could the could the eye attain it, and to the sea of all discernment turned. I said, Why saith this, and what respondeth that other fire, and who are they that made it? And he to me, across the turbid waves, what is expected thou canst now discern, if reek of the morass conceal it not. Cord never shot an arrow from itself, that sped away, earthward, the air so swift, as I beheld a very little boat. Come over the water towards us at that moment, under the guidance of a single pilot who shouted, Now art thou arrived, fell soul. Flagias, flagias, thou criest out in vain. For this once, who is saying that, my lord? Thou shalt not have longer than in the passing of the slough. As he who listens to some great deceit that has been done to him, and then resents it, such became Flagius in his gathered wrath. My guide descended down into the boat, and then he made me enter after him, and only when I entered seemed it laden. Soon, as the guide and I were in the boat, the antique prow goes on its way, dividing more of the water than tis want with others. While we were running through the dead canal, uprose in front of me one full of mire, Aeneid, and said, Who art thou that comest ere the hour? I said to him, Although I come, I stay not. But who art thou that hast become so squalid? He answered, Thou seest that I am one who weeps. And I said to him, With weeping and with wailing, thou spirit maledict, do thou remain, for thee I know though thou art all defiled. Then stretched he both his hands unto the boat, whereat my wary master thrust him back, saying, Away there with the other dogs. After, thereafter, with his arms, he clasped my neck. He kissed my face and said, Disdainful soul, blessed is she who bore thee in her bosom. That was an arrogant person in the world. Goodness is none that decks his memory. So likewise here his shade is furious. 
how many are esteemed great kings up there, who here shall be like unto swine in mire, leaving them, leaving behind them horrible dispraises. And I said, my master, much should I be pleased if I could see him sauced into this broth. Before we issue forth out of the lake, and he said to me, "Error, unto thee the shore reveal itself. Thou shalt be satisfied. Such a desire, tis meet thou shouldst enjoy." A little after that. Such desire tis meet thou shouldst enjoy. If you know, a little after that, I saw such havoc made of him by the people of the mire, that still I praise and thank my God for it. They all were shouting, "At Filippo, Argenti!" And that exasperate spirit, Florentine, turned round upon himself, on his own teeth. Ugh! We left him there, and more of him I tell not. But on mine ears, there smote a lamentation. Whence forward I intend, I intend unbar mine eyes. And the good master said. Even now, my son, the city draweth near, whose name is capital D, little I, little S, Dis. With the grave citizens, with the great throng, and I said, "It's mosques already, master. Clearly, within there in the valley, I discern." Vermilion, as if issuing from the fire. They were, as of issuing from the fire. They were. And he said to me, "The fire eternal that enkindles them within makes them look red, as thou beholdest in this." Nether hell. Then, we arrived within the moats profound. That circumvallate, that disconsolate city, the walls appeared to me to be of iron. Not without making first a circuit. Wide, we came into a place where loud the pilot cried out to us, "Debak, here is the entrance." More than a thousand at the gates I saw, out of the heavens rained down, who angrily were saying, "Who is this that without death goes through the kingdom of the people of dead?" Of the people dead, 
and my sagacious master made a sign of wishing secretly to speak with them. A little then we squelled their great disdain and said, Come thou alone, and he be gone, who has so boldly entered these dominions, let him return alone by his mad road. Try if he can, for thou shalt here remain, who has escorted him through such dark regions. Think, reader or listener, if I was discomforted at utterance of the accursed words, for never to return here, I believed. Oh, my dear guide, who more than seven times has rendered me security and drawn me from imminent peril that before me stood, do not desert me, said I, thus undone, and if the going forward be denied us, let us retrace our steps together swiftly. And that Lord, who had led me thitherward, said unto me, Fear not, because our passage none can take from us. It by such is given. Such with a capital S. But here, await me, and thy weary spirit comfort and nourish with a better hope. For in this nether world, I will not leave thee. So, onward goes, and there abandons me, my father sweet, and I remain in doubt, for no and yes within my head contend. I could not hear what he proposed to them, but with them there he did not linger long, ere each within in rivalry ran back. They closed the portals. They closed the portals, those our adversaries, on my lord's breast, who had remained without, and turned to me with footsteps far behind. His eyes cast down, his forward shorn had he of all its boldness, and he said with sighs, Who has denied to me the dulcome houses? And unto me he said, Thou, because I am angry, fear not, for I will conquer in the trial, whatever for defense within be planned. This arrogance of theirs is nothing new, for once they used it at least. At last secret gate, which finds itself within a fastening still. O'er it didst thou behold the dead inscription, and now this side of it descends the steep, passing across the circles without escort one by whose means the city shall be opened.
end of Canto Eight, Chapter Eight. We finally see Figure Twenty Two. While we were running through the dead canal, uprose a front of me, a full one full of my oh boy, yeah he's, yeah okay. Bye. Chapter Nine, The Furies and Medusa, the Angel, the City of Dis, the Sixth Circle. Heresiarchs. That hue, which cowardice brought out on me, beholding my conductor backward turn. Sooner repressed within him his new color. He stopped, attentive, like a man who listens. Because the eye could not conduct him far through the black air, and through the heavy fog. Still, it behooveth us to win the fight. Began he, else, such offered us herself. Oh, how long, how I long that someone here arrive. Well, I perceived, as soon as the beginning, he covered up with what came afterward. That they were words quite different from the first. But nonetheless, his saying gave me fear because I carried out the broken phrase. Perhaps. To a worse meaning than he had. Into this bottom of the doleful conch, doth any ever descend from the first grade, which for its pain has only hope cut off? This question put I, and he answered me. Seldom it comes to pass that one of us maketh the journey upon which I go. True is it, once before I hear below, was conjured by that pitiless Erechtho, Erechtho, who summoned back the shades unto their bodies. Naked of me, short while the flesh had been, before within that wall, she made me enter to bring a spirit from the circle of Judas, that is, the lowest region, and the darkness, and farthest from the heaven. Which circles all? Well, know I the way. Therefore, be reassured. This fen, which a prodigious stench exhales, exhales encompasses about the city dolent, where now we cannot enter without anger.
and more he said, but not in mind I have it, because mine eye had altogether drawn me towards the high tower with the red flaming summit. Where in a moment saw I swift uprisen the three infernal furies stained with blood who had the limbs of woman and their mane and with the greenest hydras were begirt small serpents and sarastis were their tresses wherewith their horrid temples were entwined. And he, who well the handmaids of the queen of everlasting lamentation knew, said unto me, Behold, the fierced Erinese. This is Mega Edda on the left-hand side. She who is weeping on the right, Alecto. Tisiphone is between. And that, and then was silent. Each one of her breasts was rending with her nails and they beat them with their palms and cried so loud that I for dread pressed close to the poet. Medusa, come, so we to stone will change him. All shouting, looking down. An evil hour avenge we not on Theseus, his assault. Turn thyself round and keep thine eyes close shut. For if the Gorgon appear and thou shouldst see it, no more returning upward would there be. Thus said the master, and he turned me round himself and trusted not unto my hands, so far as not to blind me with his own. O ye who have undistempered intellects, observe the doctrine that conceals itself beneath the veil of the mysterious verses. And now there came across the turbid waves the clangor of a sound that terror fraught, because of which both of the margins trembled, not otherwise. It was then of a wind, impetuous on account of adverse heats, that smites the forest, and without restraint, the branches rends, beats down, and bears away. Right, onward, laden with dust, it goes superb and puts to flight the wild beasts and shepherds. Mine eyes he loosed and said, direct the nerve of vision now along that ancient foam. There yonder where that smote is most intense. Even as the frogs before the hostile serpent across the water scattered 
all abroad until each one is huddled in the earth. More than a thousand ruined souls I saw thus fleeing from before one who on foot was passing over the sticks with souls unwet from off his face. He fanned that unctuous air, waving his left hand oft in front of him, and only with that anguish seemed he weary. Well, I perceived one sent from heaven was he, and to the master turned, and he made sign that I should quiet stand and bow before him. Ah, how disdainful he appeared to me. He reached the gate, and with a little rod he opened it, and there was no resistance. Oh, banished out of heaven, people despised. Thus, thus he began upon the horrid threshold. Whence is this arrogance within you couched? Wherefore, recalcitrate against that will from which the end can never be cut off and which has many times increased your pain. What helpeth it to butt against the fates? Yours, Cerberus, your brain, if you remember well, for that still bears his chin and gullet peeled. Then he returned along the miry road and spake, no words to us, but had the look of one who other care constrains and goads than that of him who in his presence is. And we, our feet directed towards the city, after those holy words, all confident. Within we entered without any contest, and I, who inclination had to see what the condition such a fortress holds, soon as I was within, cast round mine eye. And see on every hand an ample plain full of distress and torment terrible even as at Erlis, where stagnant grows the Rhone, even as at Pola, near to Quanoro, that shuts in Italy and bats its borders. The sepulchres make all the place uneven. So, likewise, the day did they there on every side, saving that there the manner was more bitter, for flames between the sepulchres were scattered, by which they so intensely heated were, that iron more. So ask not any art. All of their coverings uplifted were, and from them issued forth such dire laments. Sooth seemed they 
of that wretched and tormented. And I said, "My master, what are all those people who having sepulchre within those tombs make themselves audible by doleful sighs?" And he to me said, "Here are the heresiacs, with their disciples of all sects, and much more than thou thinkest laden." Are the tombs here, like together with its, like is buried here, together with its like is buried, and more and less the monuments are heated. And when he to the right had turned, we passed between the torments. And high parapets. Chapter Ten. Farinata, and Cavalcante de Cavalcanti. Discourse on the knowledge. Of the damned. Now, onward goes along a narrow path between the torments and the city wall. My master. And I follow at his back. <laughs> Oops. Oh, power supreme, that through these impious, impious circles turnest me, I began. As pleases thee, speak to me, and my longing satisfy. The people who are lying in these tombs might they be seen? Already are li- uplifted. The covers all, and no one keepeth guard. And he to me said, "They all will be closed up when from Jehoshaphat they shall return here with the bodies they have left." Above, their cemeteries have upon this side with Epicurus all his followers, who with the body mortal make the soul. But in the question thou dost put to me, within here shalt thou soon be satisfied, and likewise in the wish thou keepest silent. And I, good leader. I, but keep concealed from thee my heart, that I may speak the less. Nor only now hast thou thereto disposed me. O Tuscan, thou, who through the city of fire goest alive, thus speaking modestly, be pleased to say thy footsteps. 
to ple- be pleased to stay thy footsteps in this place. Thy mode of speaking makes thee manifest a native of that noble fatherland to which perhaps I too molestful was. Upon a sudden issued forth the sound from out one of the tombs, wherefore I pressed, fearing a little nearer to my leader. And unto me he said, Turn thee, what thou'st, what doest thou? Behold there, Ferdinata, who has risen from the waist upwards, holy shalt thou see him. From the waist upwards, holy shalt thy, thou see him. I had already fixed mine eyes on him, and he uprose, erect with breast and front, even as if hell he had in great despite. And with courageous hands and propped my leader, thrust me between the sepulchres towards him, exclaiming, Let thy words explicit be. As soon as I was at the foot of his tomb, somewhat he eyed me, he eyed me, and as if disdainful, then asked of me, Who were thine ancestors? I, who desirest of obeying was, concealed it not, but all revealed to him, whereat he raised his brows a little upward. Then said to me, he, then said he, fiercely adversed, have they been to me and to my fathers and my party, so that two several times I scattered them. If they were banished, they returned on all sides. I answered him, the first time and second time, but yours have not acquired that art aright. Then there uprose upon the sight, uncovered down to the chin, a shadow at his side. I think that he had risen on his knees. Round me he gazed as a solitude. He had to see if someone else were with me. But after his suspicious was all spent, after his suspicion was all spent, weeping, he said to me, if through this blind prison thou goest by loftiness of genius, where is my son? And why is he not with thee? And I to him said, I come not of myself. He who is waiting yonder leads me here whom I disdain, perhaps, your Guido had, whom in disdain, perhaps, your Guido had. His language and the mode of punishment already unto me had read his name. On that account, my answer was so full. Up, starting, suddenly he cried out, How sayest thou he had? Is he not Still alive? 
does not the sweet light strike upon his eyes? When he became aware of some delay, which I before my answered made, supine he fell again and forth appeared no more. But the other, magnanimous, at whose desire I had remained, did not his aspect change. Neither his neck he moved nor bent his side. And if, continuing his first discourse, and if they have that art, he said, not learned aright, that more tormenteth me than doth his bed. But fifty times shall not rekindle be the countenance of the lady who reignest here, ere thou shalt know how heavy is that art. And as thou wouldst to the sweet world return, say why that people is so pitiless against my race in which one of its, in each against my race and each one of its laws. Hmm? Whence I came, whence I to him said, the slaughter and great carnage, which have with crimson stain the Arbia, cause such orisons in our temple to be made. After his head, he with a sigh had shaken, he said, there I was not alone, nor surely without a cause had with the others moved, but there I was alone, where every one consented to the lying, laying waste of Florence. He who defended her with open face. Ah, so hereafter, may your speed, may your seed repose. Him I entreated, so for me that knot which has entangled my conceptions here. It seems that you can see, if I hear rightly, beforehand whatsoever time brings with it, and in the present have another mode. We see, like those who have imperfect sight, the things that distant are from us, he said. So much still shines upon us, the sovereign ruler, when they draw near, or are, is wholly vain, our intellect. And if none brings it to us, not anything know we of your human state. Hence thou canst understand that wholly dead will be our knowledge from the moment when the portal of the future shall be closed. Then I, as if 
compunctious of for my fault said now then you will tell that fallen one that still his son is with the living joined that still his son is with the living joined and if just now in answering i was dumb then him i did it because i was thinking already of the error you have solved me and now my master was recalling me wherefore more eagerly i prayed the spirit that he would tell me who was with him there he said with more than a thousand here i lie within here is the second frederick and the cardinal and of the rest i speak not thereon he hid himself and i towards the ancient poet turned my steps reflecting upon that saying which seemed hostile to me he moved along and afterward thus going he said to me why art thou so bewildered and i in his inquiry satisfy him let memory preserve what thou hast heard against thyself that sage commanded me let memory preserve what thou hast heard against thyself and now attend here and he raised his finger when thou shalt be before the radiance sweet of her whose beauteous eyes all things behold from her thou know the journey of thy life and to the left hand then he turned his feet we left the wall and went towards the middle along a path that strikes into a valley which even up there unpleasant made its stench look there we'll be right back with chapter 11